Hey, hey, Lauren Chen here. 15 minute cities. They're a topic that's coming up in the news an increasing amount, but are they as harmless or as harmful as people are saying? Let's discuss. So if you're not familiar with what a 15 minute city is, as someone who supports them describes, quote, the 15 minute city by urbanist Carlos Moreno is the belief that every neighborhood should have access to work, housing, food, health, education, and leisure within a 15 minute walk. It's a really simple but transformative goal. And that's a definition provided by Hayden Clarkin on Twitter. And as you can see by the 20.5 thousand likes that this post garnered, clearly there are a lot of people who are supportive of this concept. I mean, who wouldn't want that to just be a short 15 minute walk away from everything they could need from grocery stores, restaurants, a park, perhaps even your work. I mean, you'd have to be crazy and hate convenience to not like that, right? Well, as we're going to be getting into, there's good reason to believe that the people who are advocating for 15-minute cities actually have way more insidious goals than they'll admit. But hey, even if we take things at face value, no, this is a terrible idea that just reeks of, at best case scenario, big government and bureaucratic central planning. I'm going to be explaining exactly what I mean by that. But first, I do want to say a big thank you to today's sponsor, GenuCell. So question for you guys, what is the answer to great skincare? Well, as Mary and her husband from Faith North Carolina say, my husband and I both noticed that our skin is softer and smoother after using GenuCell products faithfully. Our skin looks brighter, our wrinkles look softer and less noticeable, and the bags under my eyes are less visible. So happy, but best of all, they're easy to use and apply even for my husband. So guys, um, I'm kind of known on the internet as the girl who got under eye filler. I said it like once on a podcast, but the internet doesn't forget. So that is now forever my thing. Under eye bags are just a genetic thing that I have. I've had them ever since I was young and it's really frustrating no matter how much I sleep no matter what products I've used for the longest time I thought nothing could get rid of them hence the eye filler well okay let, let me tell you GenuCell immediate effects too Okay, I was skeptical that this could do anything to help me because I have literally spent hundreds of dollars on the most expensive eye creams out there hoping something would help. This actually does, and it helped from the first application. None of that, oh yeah, in several weeks, maybe you'll see a slight difference. No, this has been a game changer. It's improved my skincare routine so much. I'm already nervous what might happen if they discontinue it. So GenuCell, if you're watching, please never ever stop producing this because I don't know what I would do if you did, in addition to eye care, they also have general moisturizers, a jawline treatment that I've been using as well, a ton of different products for every different skincare concern you might have. So GenuCell's most popular package actually has everything for all your skincare needs, wrinkles, dark spots, skin redness, sagging jawline, <laughs> dark circles. They're singing to me right now and even annoying bags and puffiness under your eyes and with its immediate effects, see results in 12 hours or less guaranteed or your money back. So there's really nothing to lose out on here. Stop waiting, try GenuCell's most popular package for 70% off at GenuCell.com. And for a limited time, their new probiotic extract moisturizer is included for visibly clearer and younger looking skin for free. It's an amazing deal. Again, go to GenuCell.com slash Lauren, GenuCell.com slash Lauren for a limited time. Any subscription order includes a free beauty box and free concierge shipping. GenuCell.com Sorry, GenuCell.com. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Lauren. Now, okay, a lot of you who are watching this might be like, okay, Lauren, I'm not for the great reset, the folks over at WEF, but really what could be so bad about a 15-minute city? Well, you have to understand that this is a plan that would be carried out by a top-down approach by most likely nameless, faceless bureaucrats. And just think of the harm 
that overzealous urban planning has done to places like San Francisco and New York. Have you tried to get housing in either of these two cities? Okay, there is a reason why it's so hard. There's regulation upon regulation that yes, they those laws, those policies were instituted in order to help people to make housing more affordable. It's only done the opposite though. So if we give urban planners control of literally everything, we allow them to plan entire quadrants over work, leisure, and residence, do you think they're gonna fare any better than they already have with just their their more minimal responsibilities? I don't think so. And you, you have to understand that under something like a 15-minute city, you could want to open a restaurant in, in a neighborhood, but be told by some council, like, you know what, we actually already have a restaurant, but what we don't have in this neighborhood is some trans strip club because, oh, we have to involve leisure in this. So unless you're looking to open that, we don't want to talk to you. Do you really, as a business owner, just as a resident, want to go through those extra hurdles when you're just trying to live your life? I really don't think so. And we can't forget that this entire concept is really just anti-suburbia and anti-rural living. The people who come up with these types of schemes, they are urbanites to their core. There are people who've probably never seen a tree, quite frankly, and they are against the idea that you have space or land at all. In a perfect world, I'm not exaggerating, a 15-minute walk, I would still be on my own property. I won't have even seen my neighbor because I want land. I want acreage. I want to be able to grow my own food. That is exactly the type of lifestyle that could never exist in a 15-minute city. And really so much of this, this urban planning comes down to these people being anti-freedom and more specifically anti-car. You see, at the core of this, there's also a very strange just desire for people to not own their own vehicles. Uh, we see this, this other Twitter post, someone by Anges Ochroon. I apologize for messing that up, but she writes, less space for cars means more space for plants, pedestrians, bikes, benches, businesses, coffees, slides, and trees. Because don't forget, 15-minute cities, we're talking about a 15-minute walk to everything you need. Not, not cars. Cars don't really come in, into play here at all. And with this post, she includes these beautiful photos of, hey, don't you want just more space for cafes and leisure and recreation? Clearly, this is someone who lives in a city, right? I live out in the suburbs right now. I've lived rural before, hoping to live rural again. We don't have 15-minute cities, and there's no shortage of restaurants. There's no shortage of, of parks and green spaces. So the idea that you have to surrender your cities to these urban planners in order to have plants and trees. It's like, no, please, for the love of all that is good, leave your city bubble once in a while and realize that people can have all of these things without living under the strong arm of bureaucrats, okay? This is not a unique or new concept to have coffees and trees, all right? They're, they're acting as if they're inventing something revolutionary. It's like, no, you can have all this without living in some dystopian pod world, okay? So, that's just, I guess, on, on the face of it, why I don't support the 15-minute city idea. It's just people will say sometimes, oh, it's a good idea in concept, but in practice, it's like, no, even in concept, this is bad, but let's go deeper here because as a lot of people are pointing out, this whole thing reeks of WEF programming. So the attack against cars, it's complicated to explain. It also factors into things like environmentalism, anti-freedom, and actually as Bernie's tweets, okay, this account on Twitter pointed out, there aren't enough raw materials to replace 2 billion vehicles. 15-minute cities are being sold to you as a healthy utopia because there won't be enough cars to go around, so you'll have to borrow and share 
Same with energy. So it's not just that they want people to drive less and walk everywhere, but they actually want people to not own cars at all. Okay, she includes this screenshot from the WEF. Recycling alone won't be enough to sustain the amount of materials needed. We need to increase sharing, reuse, and a preference for longevity to reduce demand. And they tout things like car sharing platforms and, uh, you know, just in general, public transit. I'm not against public transit. I'm not against people biking places. But cars do represent freedom, okay? Unless you're living in a city, cars represent your ability to travel, to, to leave, to go where you want to go. And frankly, as a mother, just practically, I don't want to have to be, you know, lugging a, a toddler and groceries around on public transit. No, there's a reason why I want my car. And I've got to say, from my cold, dead hands, okay, you will pry my car from me. There's a reason why I spent all that time learning how to drive as an Asian woman. It wasn't easy my spatial recognition or spatial reasoning is terrible, but I got it done because it's convenient. I'm not letting you take that away from me. Okay, uh, something else that we also see here is that this isn't just conjecture, all right? This isn't just a pie-in-the-sky idea that will never be implemented. We actually have places that, that are working towards this. The most infamous example is Oxfordshire in England. So this is a little town that actually tried to implement I guess, a policy or regulation leading to 15-minute cities, and it predictably uh, was met with big backlash from the people who live there. Uh, but there was a lot of gaslighting from the left saying, oh, you're overreacting. This isn't a big deal. Uh, we're just trying to make things more convenient for people. So because I don't want to be accused of misrepresenting something, here we actually have the policy that Oxfordshire was trying to put forward, uh, the actual document, so we can see what this policy would have entailed. Essentially, it would have capped people from driving down certain roads or into certain areas on certain days, essentially trying to say, hey, if you live here, you can't drive your car out of there or we're going to fine you. And if that sounds dystopian, it's because it is. Okay, so they write, traffic filters are designed to reduce traffic, make bus journeys faster, and make walking and cycling more convenient and safer when they are operating Private cars will not be allowed through certain sections of roads without a permit. All other vehicles, including buses, taxis, motorbikes, vans, mopeds, and HGVs will be allowed. Traffic signs identify the location of each traffic filter, including operational hours and vehicles that are exempt to travel through. And they will have automatic number plate recognition cameras that are going to be installed to monitor vehicles going through traffic filters. Traffic signs will identify the location of each filter. Any driver of vehicle that goes through the traffic filter and is not exempt or using a permit will be charged a penalty, which they say is 70 pounds. The traffic filters will operate seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And the proposal includes six traffic filters. Three of these will be located in the city center and they have a little map. And as you can see, essentially what they've done is broken the city into little zones. And so if you cross a traffic filter stop, essentially leaving your zone, you're going to be fined. Uh, people who support the idea say, no, no, you can still drive wherever you want. You just need to go, you know, around, leave the city, go around to each congestion. Um, that's ridiculous. They're trying to tell you where and when you can drive your car, or if not, they're going to fine you. Now, I'm not exactly sure what the status of this proposal is, but I think it's pretty crazy that it even got as far as it did. We are witnessing levels of control and monitoring that really would have been unheard of just a, a simple 10 years ago. And people will say, oh, it's just to make things convenient. It's just to alleviate traffic. But 
don't be fooled. There is more, they, they want control, all right? This is pushing a green agenda. And we actually have an activist who somewhat said the quiet part out loud on GB News. We have this clip here. Business as usual with cars and congestion just can't, can't continue. I'm, I'm sorry, I wish that personal travel um, in its current form could continue, but in, in inner cities, that isn't, it isn't working. People like that are just the worst examples of far left city dwellers. And I mean that in, in, a, in a very derogatory way that I can think of. They are so used and addicted to urban living, being squished into a building and living on top of each other that they can't even imagine that there's a way to alleviate traffic, which admittedly in cities is bad that does not also simultaneously infringe on people's autonomy and freedom. Like they are so addicted to living in the pod and probably eating the bugs. I'm sure someone like that guy totally would, that they can't even imagine that, hey, actually I could just move to the suburbs or a rural life and I could still have all of this, not get rid of cars, but I guess I wouldn't be able to order Uber Eats as often. So they would rather just, they would rather just surrender to the likes of the WEF. It's absolutely insane. Um, now, so obviously people on the right, uh, a lot of folks have been speaking up uh, against this issue. And so naturally the gaslighting has started uh, from the left, from Hayden Clarkin, same guy who gave that very rosy definition of a 15 minute city. Some crazy right-wingers have now spread conspiracy theories that this plan is a government cabal to imprison you because they believe that the idea of a 15 minute city means you can never leave LOL. Well, this all started with Jordan Peterson. Okay, so let's discuss that idea now. So we have the 15-minute city. I've explained why I think it's a bad idea. But I guess kind of further than that, some people are also saying that not only will 15-minute cities be centrally planned, you're not going to be able to uh, drive your car certain places at certain times, but now potentially they might just lock you in your quadrant. Now, this is an idea that at least likes of this guy and a bunch of leftist activists on Twitter are saying crazy, you're conspiracy theorists. Why would you think that? It's like, I don't know. Maybe it's because just a few years ago, you literally locked people in their own homes. So, I mean, no, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that you might lock people within their neighborhood. Actually, being locked in a neighborhood is even better than being locked in a home. So considering you went there, yeah, people were cheering. They wanted more lockdowns, more restrictions. Yes, I absolutely 100% believe. I can imagine a world where you would say, no, you can't leave your neighborhood. If you do, there's a fine or, hey, maybe you can't leave at a certain time because carbon emissions, I don't know, pandemic. There's any number of reasons that these control freaks could use in order to restrict your movement. And I 100% believe that 15 minute cities pave the way for this to be possible. Essentially, it, it's like the Hunger Games. They're, they're, they're talking about restricting you to a specific district. These people would do it. They absolutely would. Don't let them gaslight you into thinking, oh, that could never happen. It could. It could happen. And the technology, by the way, is already there to do it. Uh, this isn't specifically in regard to a 15-minute city, but more just the idea of a smart city. Uh, we have this gentleman who's looking into this, this dystopian technology that we see in Australian city. I want to take a deep dive into your dystopian future under the digital surveillance state. It's right here. This little board here tells you how many times uh, people have come through the park. Essentially, it tells you how many unconnected Wi-Fi devices there are in. So that would be everyone's phone. Imagine a, a lockdown scenario, another emergency, another COVID outbreak or monkeypox or, you know, whatever you like, you name it, we'll make it up. Six devices in this park at the moment, that's down 50% for normal. Your local government, your state government, your federal government might want it to be none. 
And this, this will tell 15 you. minute cities are not just about saving the environment. They're not just about convenience. And don't let the left try to convince you to surrender your freedoms in the name of actually helping you live a better life, because we know that that is never what happens. And that is never ultimately their goal. This is bad news. Oppose things like this, measures like this at every corner. Anytime someone wants more control over your life, the answer needs to be a hard no. And instead of just always playing defense, trying to squat down these crazy ideas, the right needs to go on offense and start getting rid of control, start getting rid of regulation. Otherwise, we're just going to be keeping playing catch up uh, with these progressive activists and we're never really going to gain any ground. But it's pretty much all I have to say for now. Stay aware. This stuff is everywhere. Until next time.